Welcome back to the Renowned Leadership Podcast. I am your amazing, amazing freaking host, Stephen Morris. And today I have a returning guest, a personal mentor and coach of mine, and just the, the woman that put boss in the word boss. She All four letters, she put them in there. Tammy Alvarez is here with me today, and she's here for a very special reason, Tammy. Why are you here today? Well, first of all, Stephen, thanks for the repeat performance. And yes, you are absolutely awesome in every possible way. So I love thank your you, intro. You. Um, you know, you got to love yourself first. So we're going to start there. Uh, <laughs> but thanks again, seriously, for uh, the welcome back. I, I appreciate that. And I'm here today to talk about my pride and joy at the moment, uh, which is the brand new book that we're releasing called Escaping the Career Trap, Transform Your Apathy into Ambition and Love Every Mondays Again. So this has been a culmination of my career, six years of coaching, watching countless amazing people just get stuck in that soul crushing grind. And I am so excited to have this book out and available to help more people. It's so funny. It's, I just want to point out the fact, whenever you sent me the email telling me about the book, um, I can't remember exactly how you described it, but you, you basically sounded, made, made it sound like, like it was a birth happening soon. Absolutely. It was a like child. a 10 pound baby and, every day. <laughs> and so when I read that, like, you know how, you know how we read, we never actually read. We, we skim. Yeah. And so I skimmed it and I'm like, holy crap, Tammy's pregnant. I didn't know she was having a baby. <laughs> oh God, I, forbid, right? I oh my goodness, that would be terrible. And so I had to go back and read. It was like, oh, she's talking about the book. Uh, <laughs> book, yes, yes, that was our birth announcement. <laughs> so uh, that was that was uh, just I, I laughed for a solid ten minutes on that yeah. because I was mind blown. I couldn't. How did I miss that? But anyway, well, and you know, the thing is, it's like I'm not a writer. And I don't play one on TV, but I've got a lot to say. And there's so many of our messages that we deliver through our epic coaching experiences that need to get out there. And so getting my writing, it was easy because it's, you know, six years of coursework and coaching, turning it into an actual book that doesn't suck. That required a team of professionals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was absolutely like birthing a 10 pound baby every day, trying to get my stuff into a commercially viable format that, um, you know, we could actually call a book. That was actually something I wanted to talk about is the, the writing style and your approach you took to it. And that is you're very straightforward and very blunt. You didn't do the typical author. Uh, I don't want to say sugarcoating, but you, you just, you're straight in people's faces with the way you speak in the book. What made you decide to take that approach rather than the more conventional language you could have used? Um, well, I'm a rule breaker, first of all, you know that, right? So that is my jam. Um, and I think people are sick and tired of being placated. Yeah, like you really. know what that feels like on Sunday night when those, you know, like around three o'clock when you start to log on to email and you get this awful pit in your stomach and you're like, if I have to suffer fools one more day, I'm going to shoot myself, right? It's like, you can't handle it. And, and, uh, you know, pacifying people with benign language that actually doesn't talk about what the problem is and more importantly, how to take the steps to fix it doesn't serve anyone. And so as I wrote the book, it was just like I was sitting a, 
across the screen or across the table, you know, with you, just talking through some really pragmatic solutions to some problems that have been, you know, plaguing corporate America and people who really have ambitions for their career for the past three decades. Um, and actually a lot of the book, I did just put on the microphone and riff. Um, because that's my style. I'm, you know, much happier talking to people than writing about it. And then, you know, use the, you know, the technology that we have in terms of translation to try and get me one step closer um, to putting all my thoughts in writing. So it very much is a conversational style. A um, little bit of snarky humor in there. So I hope it translates in, in print. A little bit. Just, just, a, little a, bit. just a, a smidge. Bit. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a little. But I mean, I, you're absolutely right. And, and I think that's why... You know, it's funny when I heard about life coaches, that was the first thing I heard about back in the day. It's been a while now. And everybody's like, oh yeah, life coaches. It's the new thing. I'm like, what kind of schmuck needs someone to tell them how to live? But of course I obviously have, you know, digressed on that opinion, <clears throat> but, and, and part of what brought me to, okay, yeah, this actually a life coach, a business coach, a leadership coach, like, <clears throat> excuse me, part of what brought me back to that is, or back from that is that we are tired of, of the, the nonsense. We need someone that's going to speak into our life and tell us the truth, not what we want to hear, not the easy letdown. No, sometimes you need to be dropped on your face. Sometimes, right? yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, absolutely. I love that about your book and that you're just you're, you're straightforward and, and you're not placating to people. It's like, look, this is your problem. This is and this is how you solve your problem. This is how I solve my problem, which takes me to my next point that I absolutely love is, and I'm sure you've heard me gripe on this is I don't want like college education is great. I love it. I'm currently going to get my MBA. You know that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, education is paramount. However, life experience is just, if not more important than education. You know, uh, most of my education came through life experience and getting shot, so, yeah, getting <laughs> shot. Yeah. That, that had a lot to do. Yeah. A lot of us um, can't say that thankfully. Right. So, yeah. But so, I mean, but that's, that's the position you come from when you write this book is you escaped your own career trap Yeah. and, and yeah. talk to us about your career trap that you escaped from a little bit. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing is it wasn't a trap for a long time. I loved my corporate career. You know, I felt like I was thriving, making an impact, and I just really leaned into all the big transformation issues and really being able to make things better. And so during my 20-year corporate career on Wall Street, I was a C-level executive, you know, managing 2,000 people, 35 countries, the whole nine yards, you know, big fancy job, apartment, the city, the whole thing. Um, and I loved it until I didn't. And I tell this story in this book, you know, every now and then you kind of have those moments that you see in the movies where it's like, it's that one defining moment. And I remember, you know, I tell the story in the book, but the, the short of it is, I remember feeling like I was floating on top of the room as everyone was cage matching in the boardroom. And uh, I used to thrive on that stuff. It's just so much fun, right? Just seeing who's going to throw the first pot shot, you know, who's going to just take it on the chin. Like, I love that crap. And, um, but I just remember having this massive moment of, I don't give a shit-itis. And I was just like, I could care less what's going on here. And it didn't happen that day. I felt that way that day, but I realized that that was the day that my corporate career received its death sentence. And, um, and I am the type of woman, uh, who is very, very strongly, um, in favor of, if you don't like it, change it. 
And I've done that throughout my whole life and throughout my whole career, but now it was different. It's like, I did you know, for me, changing it was not going to another big financial institution to do the same crap for a same, you know, the same paycheck with a different logo. I felt like I had really given and received all the things that I could out of that career. And actually the thought of doing that again, just made me want to throw up my mouth a little bit. I'm like, I just cannot <laughs> do this another minute. And so that's when I decided to cash out of Wall Street, move to a tropical island off the coast of Belize and start this coaching company six years ago, actually seven years ago now. Um, and I, I, it was a whole new growth um, journey for me. I had no idea how to be an entrepreneur. I had no, you know, I knew how to coach. I just didn't know how to like run a business and all the things that you need to know to do that. So it's been really an epic adventure. Um, but that's what I mean about that career trap. It's like, it's it snakes up on you. Um, in the book, we talk about um, how most of us have what I call an accidental career. We don't sit here and every year look, it's like, where am I going? What am I doing? We like to think we do, but we don't. And opportunities come and we take them or we don't. And then we just kind of, you know, the successful people just kind of continue to grow as these opportunities face us. And then all of a sudden it happens to everyone. It's not, you know, unique, but you get caught in this mid-career funk and you have no idea how to get out of it because you know, I have no idea how you got there in the first place. And so that's really what that career trap is about, is getting to that point in your career where you feel like I'm too old, I make too much money, I'll never have the influence that I have now, I work too hard for this, I'm going to have to give up everything, which is why we have the golden handcuffs on the cover. Um, because the, the scarcity mindset of I'm going to have to give up all the things that I've worked so hard for is a massive driving factor for why people stay miserable for far too long. Yeah, that's a great point. And I can speak firsthand, and you know yeah. this, on yeah. like when you start your own thing and you start going and you're like, nah, for, forget this. I want to do, I want to be my own boss. I want to do my own thing. When, when you, when you make that transition into the entrepreneur, like that scarcity mindset hits you hard. Hard, terrifying. Yeah, hard. for sure. So how did this experience from going to a high earner on Wall Street? Like we're and when you say Wall Street, you're not exaggerating. Like we're talking no, no. Wall Street. Yeah, like, yeah really we, Wall Street. Yeah. That's yeah, like it's not an exaggeration, people. No. He's making a ton of money, a ton to go from that to you don't know exactly where your next paycheck is coming from. What 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 did that change? How did that change your philosophy on oh. just life in general? Yeah, really great question, Stephen, because um, I was a hot mess, quite frankly. Um, now, fortunately, I did have the benefit because when I cashed out, I had three years of stock that had invested. So I did get a decent tranche of money every year just to make sure I wasn't going to be homeless. So I think that was, you know, that was helpful in terms of taking some of the immediate pressure off. But from a psychological perspective, I had moved from an environment, I'm in Manhattan, right? It's all about the fancy things and the parties you go to and the events, the, you know, it's all those things. And it's all the consumerism that you get trapped into and the image. And so moving from that to going to a tropical island where I sold all of my Louboutins and my Prada and my Manolos and everything went because I didn't need it. I were wanted at that point. Well, at least I think I didn't want it. I wasn't sure. Um, and to the point where I didn't even own a pair of Gucci flip-flops when I went, right? So I went from Soho to Boho like that. And um, I think one of the biggest, I think, revelations I've had 
Um, and this continues today as we, you know, as my partner, Steve, and I continue to have this expat lifestyle is that I've the first year of an entrepreneur, I've never made so little money and lived so richly. Mm. And that was a mind blowing experience for me because all of a sudden I could go scuba diving before work. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I think we're just going to take the day and go hang out on the boat for the day. And, you know, so when you live in the tropics, obviously you've got those options. We're in Mexico City now, so scuba diving is not quite as available. Um, but being able to, to lean in to the things that fuel me, and I think that was part of my initial problem, is I'd been so focused on work for so long that when I moved, when we moved, like there's a bunch of expats there, no one cared about what I did. And that's always the first question you ask at any party. It's like, what do you do? Who do you work for? And what's your title? You're trying to size everybody up. That's how I used to communicate. Right. And so I had nothing to say. I was boring as hell because it was always about work. If you want to talk about markets or the economy, I'm like, I'm all in. But it's like, oh, what do you like to do in your spare time? I'm like, who the fuck has spare time? Um, so it really was a shift for me to start to really have that balance in terms of what do I care about? What are the things that really energize me outside of how I make an income? And being able to... Um, figure out this entrepreneur thing at the same time. So it was a really interesting money mindset shift, um, but also a whole life fulfillment mindset shift in that no one really gave a crap what I did. So I had to actually find a different way to be interested. Yeah, that's so interesting how the world works, isn't it? Because <laughs> we, we're so full of ourselves that oh, we yeah. think the world should care about who we are and what absolutely. we do. Why, why, why wouldn't they? <laughs> right absolutely and then you you leave that environment where everybody does where it is important and then you real suddenly realize how insignificant you actually are to the world right and, and i i experienced that when i left the, the army because you know my, i'll never forget my first job interview i was talking to the to the president of the company and you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a retired star in first class from the United States Army and blah, 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 blah. And he looked at me and goes, great. And then goes on to his questions. Like he couldn't have cared less. Right. Not even about, like a token. Thank you for your service. Right. Which is not, what you're supposed to say. <laughs> he's just great. And so, and he's a veteran as well. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but it, it just it hit me like a ton of bricks, like the world doesn't care about my accomplishments in the army. They no. mean nothing to them. Yeah. It's like an and interesting story, but that's at the end of it, right? It's like, yeah, absolutely. Move on. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I can totally relate. So what, what, what is the big takeaway you want your readers to really grasp uh, as they go through, through the pages of your finely pinned artwork? <laughs> and, and expertly, um, you know, maneuvered with, with people who do this for a living, right? So um, I think that the biggest takeaway that I want every reader to, 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 to really absorb and more importantly, take action on is that you have way more control than you think you do. And so many people feel stuck and paralyzed and they don't know what to do or they feel like they don't have options. And the reality is you don't have to move to a tropical island like I did to make a difference. And, you know, you don't have to take these epic, you know, swings to, you know, to be able to really change that tide and start to feel energized and, and fall in love with what you do again and really feel like what you do matters. But you do have control. 
I mean, right now, the beginning, you know, the, the book is in four sections and the first section is just called reveal the dynamics behind the dysfunction and the relationship between corporations and employees could not be worse. It has been getting person, you know, consistently, you know, worse and worse and worse the whole time. That's not English, but we're going to use that today. We're recording in the morning. <laughs> I don't have enough coffee yet. And, um, you know, and, but people feel like they're just, they're stuck. And the reality is that despite the dysfunction, despite the fact that no matter how hard both companies and employees want to love each other and peacefully coexist and do big things and can't, you can still take action. And then once you realize that, okay, this is the field I'm playing on. Now, what do I do about it? Then the book will take you through the rest of that journey in terms of aligning with your vision, which is the second part, you know, and breaking all the rules, which is the third part, and then ultimately thriving, which is part four. And so we take you on this journey of realizing, okay, things are messed up and they're going to be, sorry, you're going to find your unicorn once in a while, but generally speaking, it's a hot mess out there, but that's the field we play in. And then how do you change things and really start to put yourself first? then what do you do? What rules do you break that have been holding you back for your entire career so you can start to thrive again? Let me interrupt and, you real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Because I, I want to ask this question before I forget it. What lulls us in to this complacency that puts us into these golden handcuffs? Is it the finances? Is it the security? Is it different for everybody? What, what was it for you? You know, I think there is, um, there's the, and, I'd like to say, and everyone is unique, but there's some really consistent themes that come through um, in terms of why people get stuck, right? So first of all, with that accidental career, you're continuing to see success, right? So you hang out, you do your thing, you're good at it, you get promoted, then you kind of bounce into this area, you're a six-year rock star, you keep going. And so, you know, you've got that consistent success that kind of is an energy rush, and you feel like, all right, I'm a rock star. I can do this. And then with that, the money, the influence, the perks, and all of those things come with it. And so the thing that keeps us there, I believe, is comfort. And I believe that comfort and complacency kill. I think it's the new smoking for corporate. And um, and a lot of my clients who are very privileged in terms of, you know, their mid to senior level leaders and big companies, um, and a lot of our clients at CWC that all of our coaches serve, you know, have had a really good career and a good run. And so they almost feel guilty for wanting more. And we talk about this in the book and to the, you know, with, with the I should be happier trap. It's like, I should stay here because so many people have it worse than me. I should stay here because I'm very fortunate to make a big paycheck and have a steady job, you know, but I don't think, you know, um, ambition and gratitude are not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. You can have both and you should. So just because you're grateful for what you have doesn't mean you're like, I want more. I can do more. I just, you know, I deserve more. And so those are the things I think that, you know, the scarcity mindset, I've got to give things up complacency and comfort to settle in like, okay, you know, it's like your favorite pair of jeans on, you know, a fall day. And, and then before you know it, now you're sidelined and you've missed all the warning signs that have been, you know, tapping you on the shoulder and sometimes punching you in the back of the head throughout the process. And so that's really why people get stuck and stay. Yeah. You, there's so much, so many different threads you can pull there in the army. We, we have a very uh, powerful uh, motto and that is complacency will kill you 
complacency kills the the second you start to go on a mission and you're completely complacent because you've been to this battlefield a million times you know it like the back of your hand like you know the people in the area the the you, you know everything about this area you're operating in and you get complacent the second that happens is the second you get killed in combat so it's something we harp on so much and then the other thing that you said i think is really just insanely powerful especially for me because that that is a trap i do get stuck in is my comfort is the idea like hey i've got to give up you know it's not louis baton for me but is i got to give up my creature comforts my, my my the things i love to do you know in order to do this thing, building a business takes a massive amount of time. So I don't get to go fishing as much as I would like to. Right. So I, that's something I had to give up and you know, I don't have the money to go deep sea fishing as much as I would like to. And so, I mean, that's okay. Those are things I had to give up. Uh, how do you, how, how do people get to, to that point to where it's like, okay, I'm okay. Giving up my, my Manhattan apartment that's beautiful and people dream about owning these one day or all my all my designer clothes and accessories my my fancy cars like how do you get to that point where you're like you know what life is more about these creature comforts and it's about going scuba diving at 9 a.m and then getting to your office at 10 yeah you know i think everybody's journey is different in terms of what brings them to that point um unfortunately most people finally make that leap when it hurts too bad. So they've either been demoted or, you know, they've been sidelined to special projects or they've been caught up in a riff or a layoff. Um, you know, so a lot of times it's human nature. You're just going to ignore the warning signs until, you know, you get punched in the face. Right. And then you're like, okay, now I have to do something. So I may as well take the time to lean in and, and do it right. Um, you know, I think, the other part of the other half of our clients, you know, I think it's probably about 50, 50 really is that, you know, they're being proactive and the thing that impacts most people to the point where they're willing to make the changes necessary. Cause I wouldn't say you're giving, I, I, like I said, I've never lived more richly. Right. right? And so the things I thought were important to me and the things that were important to me, um, I realized that, okay, that was good. And it was a season in my career and my life, but it's time for a new chapter. It's time for a new season. And the biggest motivator of professionals that have that make a proactive shift is when they notice that they're no longer making the impact that they used to. And that surprised me as I was, you know, you know, through the years working with clients, I thought it was money and power and this and that and the other thing. It has nothing to do with that. It actually has everything to do about impact. And so when you start to get sidelined, when you when your ideas are no longer, you know, taken and, and moved into what you do in terms of the organization. And you realize that you're starting to feel like you don't matter anymore. The things you do, the impact you make, the ideas you have is like falling on deaf ears. Then that's usually when people will start to take a proactive approach. Um, and that's usually when they'll start to make that shift, which is so important if you're in mid-career, um, is moving your, your, your focus from being paid for what you do to being paid for what you know. And that's a game changer for everyone. 
uh, you get out of the slog, you get out of these things. And so um, we talk about that in the book as well, in terms of how to make that pivot. Um, but that's usually what we're seeing in terms of when people finally call it. It's either they have no choice because the decision's been made for them, or it's an impact driven decision because they know that they can make a bigger impact somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, if you're listening um, and you haven't been punched in the face yet, you need to be proactive. I strongly recommend you start being proactive being and taking in the face control. Is no fun. No, it sucks. It really sucks. Um, and that that's what happened to me when the army's like, nah, you're too damaged. We got to let you go. And it's like, dude, I, like 16 years of my life was dedicated to this. How can you just let me go? Like, that's not fair. And there was, there was no choice. So yeah, totally getting punched in the face sucks. So strongly recommend being proactive. It totally does. It's the worst. No one likes it, you know? And, um, and when you do get punched in the face, what happens is you're not making decisions from a place of strength. Yeah. And now your confidence has gone on vacation. You have no idea mm -hmm. when it's coming back. And you're not used to having, you know, these low self-confident moments. And you've got all this crap in your head, these, you know, the gremlins and the self-doubt and the inner critic and all of those things saying, maybe my best years are behind me. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Maybe I never really was that good in the first place. And it was all just random chance. And so when you are proactive, you're still in that rock star mindset. You're like, I know I've got That's game. Good. And I know that um, it's not me, it's them. And, you know, because it's nothing personal, it's just seasonality. You know, things don't stay in your life forever. That's just how life works. And so being able to have that confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to do something different for me. I'm going to do something better for me. So that way I can make a big impact somewhere else is really what it's all about. Yeah. So one of your biggest philosophies is break all the rules. Yeah. Intelligently intelligently break all the rules and uh, that 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 initially is one of the things that drawed me or drew me drawed drew we're, we're totally butchering English yeah, this morning nah. it's okay we're making up our own words it's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that definitely drew me to you and like yeah i need i need to work with you i need i want you uh speaking into my into my business and life and but in your book there are a couple other philosophies that i absolutely love which is when you jump and that's going to appear and progress happens at the speed of trust. Isn't that great? And I, I, those, I love neither those. one of those are my words, by the way, right? Those were people that I interviewed for the book. So, um, and those are some of my favorite things um, throughout part of the book. It is what I do is I share the journeys of so many other business leaders that have gone through this process. Um, some of them are my clients and so their names have been changed and the companies have been changed just to keep everyone safe and comfortable. Um, and then a lot of them have been coaches and advisors that have been in corporate and have made the shift. So, um, it's not all just about Tammy and my silly stories and all that, although there's enough of that in there. Um, it's amazing perspectives from people all over the world. And I'm not kidding you all over the world, um, that you, you realize that the things that you think and the things that hold you back and the things that you want for yourself, it's like, I'm not alone. Like all of this is common. And this is how this particular person saw the other side of it versus a different strategy. And uh, so I love those two quotes. And just for the record, neither one of them are from me. <laughs> Do you want to take back your career? And are you feeling like you are trapped in the soul crushing grind? 
If so, you need to buy our new book, Escaping the Career Trap, transforming your apathy into ambition and loving every Monday again. It is time to say hell no to the status quo. And if it feels like the zombie apocalypse has invaded your career, it does not have to be your ultimate fate. No one prepared you for this mid-career funk or how to get out of it. And if you've got a massive case of I don't give a shititis, you are not alone. If you dread Mondays and you find yourself wondering what's the point, and maybe you're worried that it's too late for you to make a change, then you need to read this book. There is a way out and you can reinvent a vibrant career and thrive again. I can't wait to show you how. Buy the book Escaping the Career Trap and watch how fast your career will explode. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And um, if you want to hear Tammy talk about breaking all the rules, you can go back and listen to that episode. It's actually called Breaking All the Rules with Tammy Alvarez. Um, but And she... The, pretty much spends an hour uh, breaking down what that means. And I highly recommend it. And, and you're right. Like, it's so funny. And, and it kind of plays into my favorite, my favorite quote, which is, you know, action breeds clarity. When, when you jump and that's going to appear, I promise you every time this, you start taking action, it's amazing what suddenly starts happening. But we get stuck in the career trap. We get stuck in complacency. We get stuck in comfort. And then we we're scared to take those steps. We need that safety net. So uh, super powerful. I absolutely freaking love uh, when you jump and that will appear. Who, yeah. Can can you tell tell me who said that or because uh, you're gonna put me on the spot now? Um, okay, it's okay. I think it was Kate Milne, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> okay, there's no one I know then. Okay. No, no, uh, yeah, no. This was um a great advisor. Um, where I had been a guest on their podcast, actually. So um, what we just, awesome. you know, mind melded immediately. I'm like, I need you in the book. So we did the interview. That, that's awesome. I just, I was just wondering if I knew who it was because I wanted to give them mad props because I, yeah. I just Well, you that. know, during our various launch parties, um, you'll have an opportunity to meet each other. So that'll awesome. be good. Awesome. Uh -huh. awesome. Yeah. So after reading your book, um, you mentioned that readers will have everything they need to regain their power and control and really shape their future. Can you give us, I don't want you to give away the farm because people need to read the books. You do need to but, read the book today. But, <laughs> <laughs> but can you read, can you give us some, some key um, insights into what that means? Sure. Um, you know, I think talk is good, you know, understanding and gaining clarity is good, but it pales in comparison to taking action. And that's really what this book is about. So I, I actually tell her story in the book. I've got a good friend of mine who will be not named, um, who's a self-help junkie. And like, she would like eat these books, like, you know, for breakfast type thing. And she'd blow through one a week and she'd keep going and have all these great ideas. And, but she was missing one point. She never did any of the stuff she learned about. And so what I encourage her to do is I'm like, you get one self-help book a month. That's it. And you get to read it for a couple of days and then you need to spend the next part of that month actually taking action. And so because, you know, taking action to me is where all the transformation happens. Oh, if yeah. not, mm -hmm. then you're just spinning and now you feel more guilty because you know what you should be doing and you're not, um, mm -hmm. is at the end of each chapter, I have a section that's called brain candy. And it's just things for you to chew on um, that ask you very pointed questions in terms of 
you know, guiding you through the process of assessing kind of where you are with that particular topic, you know, understanding your baseline in terms of well, assessing what you want, understanding your baseline of where you, you know, where you are. And then the third one is conquer, which is, okay, what are the steps you're going to do to get this part of your career, your life, right? Um, and right is obviously subjective to whatever they they feel. And so you've got these ABCs of transformation that happen at the end of each chapter. And in the chapters, I tell you what to do. And that's something that drives me crazy about some coaching is that it's all questions and no answers. So I've been there, I've been in the boardroom, I've gotten my butt kicked, you know, I've had some wins. It's like, you will definitely get some do this, not that in the book. And then that way you have the perspective of why things seem so jacked up. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. And now you know how to adjust your approach. And then here are the actual strategies that have been proven to work, not just for me, but hundreds of our clients. And so this book, I would love to see, you know, people taking notes in the book, dog earring, highlighting, like this is a working book, um, you know, in, in terms of being able to take you through 19 different chapters of transformation, starting from understanding where we are and ending with really loving every Monday again, and really kind of bringing others along with you. Um, so when I say you've got everything you need, you know, you've got stories on how like to really practically apply the concepts. You've got the baseline of what's going on. Why does this suck? You've got the how-tos and you've got the opportunity to really reflect on your own situation. And then in addition to that, we have a transformation guide that you can also up-level and purchase. And then we also have a group coaching program that people can come into for additional support. Because again, it's about taking action. Reading it, most readers will read it, say, yep, interesting. I got some great ideas and move on with their regularly scheduled day. And uh, I wanted to give our readers every opportunity at the micro to the macro level to say, this is my time to make the changes I need to stop feeling like I'm stuck in this soul crushing grind and really step into a career that energizes me. So that way I do look forward to Mondays again. And so that's what it means by you've got everything you need. Yeah, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. And we're going to get into what it means to love every Monday again here in a little bit. Um, but I want to challenge you on something. This is something Ooh, I like um, challenges. Yeah, this is something I strongly disagree with. Um, and that's work life balance. I absolutely hate it when people are like, oh, I'm trying to find a work life balance because that implies that it's equal. Mm -hmm. And one of my big things is there's no such thing as true balance. There's acceptable balance. And what I mean by that is if you look at the base of a tree, 90, there are some variations where this doesn't, this rule doesn't apply. But when you look at the base of a tree, there's no grass growing immediately around the tree. Why is that? It's because the tree takes all the nutrients away. It takes all the sunlight, all the water away. So grass cannot grow. There is no balance for the tree and the grass in order for our careers to thrive personal life has to go away somewhat in order for our personal lives to thrive our career has to go away somewhat we have to find what's acceptable for us each person is different and there's no magic number for me i would say it's about 80 20 you know my wife thank god is not a high maintenance person she's very <laughs> introverted and she is okay with me spending hours upon hours in my office working and giving her absolutely no attention whatsoever she's okay with that um but so i mean I, i'm very blessed in that regard 
so I'm able to do the, you know, a bit more, like I said, 80, 20 for you, for you, that might be 60, 40 or 55, 30, like it, it varies. But so when you talk about work-life balance, are, are you, are you kind of thinking that same thing or are you thinking a uh, complete balance? So we are going to agree and disagree on a few things, right? Um, especially how many hours you have to work as an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever worked more than 30 hours since the day I've opened. And that's because I've spent, um, you know, 20 plus plus years, you know, just doing the grind and loving it. So if, so for me, and, you know, it's interesting because Christina Bolden, who is one of our coaches at CWC, um, she, I forget where she heard this from, but I'm going to totally steal it because I think it's absolutely appropriate and changing the word balance for harmony, right? Yeah, so work-life harmony. And, and I think, you know, I do believe that whole life success is important. Um, you know, I focus very heavily on my career. I was the breadwinner. My husband was a stay at home dad, you know, I had a daughter. So I was, he was a trailing spouse, you know, three times I would think nothing about, how do you do an Asian next week? It's like, okay, great. Right. I was the mom who was calling my husband saying, where's the pediatric office? I don't even know where the pediatrician is. Like, you know, that's how <laughs> much work I was doing. Um, and so, but for me, that energized me. Like I didn't, like, I loved it. And I love the adrenaline. I love the power trip. Let's be honest. Like I loved all the things. And so, but when I stopped loving it, then that lack of harmony started to started to kick in. I'm like, I am not joyful anymore. I am not feeling fulfilled. I'm not making the impact. And quite frankly, I could give a flying, you know what, about what's going on here. So it's hard to make an impact when you don't care. And right. so, so. But what I, I see too often in terms of this work-life balance, there's two big points I want to make. One is that I do believe that there is, you know, seasonality in our careers where we've got, you know, the flexibility and the drive and the desire to go all in. And then when our priorities are shifting, whether it's raising a family, caring for elderly parents, or just saying, I am burnt and I am going to check out and go to Europe for three months, right? There's just all of these different things that fall out of balance or harmony. Um, and so I, I think you have to accept the seasonality of your career and listen to it. Um, when I was younger in my career, I could take the big hits. When I was a sole breadwinner, I played a little more conservatively. Now that my kid's off the payroll, you know, now I'm back, you know, playing big again. And so it's okay. Like it doesn't have to be the same all the time. So that's the first thing in terms of balance. Um, the second thing I think is people suck at setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so even though they want to go to a junior's soccer game or they want to take that deep sea fishing trip, they are still allowing the organization that they work for to just run roughshod over them 24 seven. And they're this always on mentality, right? This wearable devices. I'm always connected. Like, I know I'm going to sound like a dinosaur here, but take the damn things off and turn off your phone for a minute. Um, you'd be surprised how much fulfillment you have once you get over the anxiety of not being connected that that brings. And so if what you're doing, if you are working 70 hours a week and loving it and your family and your finances and your spirituality and all the other things in your life are within harmony, then that's awesome. But if you're doing that and it's not, that's what I'm talking about. Then you've got to make some hard decisions. You've got to start to reprioritize how you think about your whole life balance or whole life fulfillment 
and start to make those changes that you need to. Uh, I love how you talk about boundaries. Boundaries are so important. And it's funny. Um, like I said, you know, Tammy's a mentor and coach of mine. Even, you know, I work with CWC and then, you know, Tammy uh, coaches me through a lot of things and mentors me. And one of the things she's always harping on me on is that I work too much. Um, and so, you know, my wife asks me how our meetings go, obviously. And I tell her what we talk about and what you advise me on. And, um, that's something she's been harping on me a lot is yes, you need to take time off. You're killing yourself. And my answer is yours. I love what I'm doing. It's not work to me. It's a game. I, I, I have so much fun doing it every single day. And sure, there are things I don't enjoy, but there are things that have to be done. But for the most part, everything about what I do, I love. And I love building and creating, right? And and that's what, I, what I'm doing. And whether it's building, you know, relationships with people or building people up so they can go succeed in their life or whatever the case may be, that's what I love to do. And I'm passionate about it. And so to me, it's it's hard to set that boundary because I don't see that I need it, mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, she's been harping on me, harping on me. So now you will be proud to know that on Sundays, every week are red on my calendars, which Good. means I cannot schedule anything. Excellent. I love schedule. that. I love that. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not happy about it because Sundays are a big, you know, a very productive day for me. But um, she wanted a day to where, and it's not even to spend time with her. It's just to spend time with myself and relaxing mm -hmm. and do something that I enjoy, go fishing or whatever the, you know, go hiking. And so, I mean, that, 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 those boundaries are so very important and I will let y'all know how it goes. Um, I feel like I'm going to pull out my hair out of boredom, but um, I'm sure I'll find something to do. Well, and I said, I've struggled with that too, right? Because when I moved to Belize, right, it wasn't work, work, work all the time. And I had nothing interesting, you know, that I had been, you know, I had no hobbies. I, I traveled and I drank and I love food and that's pretty much <laughs> it. And, uh, and so the first bit is weird, right? It's just definitely a weird feeling because you're like, what do I do? Um, but then like now I'm to the point where it's like, okay, hang on. I got to actually make some time for work. <laughs> Right. It's like between learning Spanish and doing this and figuring this out and, you know, and all these non-work related things that I'm excited about, um, you know, but in the beginning it was very difficult because I was like, and that's when I did, you know, like I'm, I'm working because I felt like I needed to, like, I felt like someone was watching me and I'm like, oh, what, you're like, I can't go scuba diving. I'm like, why the hell not? I'm the boss of me. I can do this. Right. Um, you know, and those types of things. So I, I think, um, that, but there's a difference between boundaries, right. In terms of letting people, overstep where you want them to be and recharging, you know, and one of the examples I use is if we treated ourselves with as much care and attention as we treated our cell phone and our wearable devices in terms of making sure that battery is fully charged, um, everyone would be in a much different position, but we're in this mindset, especially in America, whereas if you need a break, you're weak, right? right. If you need to step away, that's bad. And that's bull. Right. And so, you know, your tech needs to recharging and so do you, which is why, you know, we had closed 
over the holidays. I know you guys looked at me like I was smoking crack, right? I'm like, we are shut down <laughs> from the 21st to the third. We, and like, what? I, what? Like everybody had this look of like, now what do I do? I'm like, you do nothing. You spend time with your family. You have fun with yourself. And I guarantee you, your clients and all the other things will be here when you get back. And guess what? They were. Um, and so, so that's what I'm talking about. And, you know, and, and focusing on doing the things that energize you. Like you, like you said, you get a rush out of this. It's, you know, it really fuels you. But when you can say, especially with your career, um, that, you know, if these are the things I can do for 12 hours a day and never get tired. You know, we all have crap we have to do, but if you can fill your day with as many things that energize you as you can, um, you know, you're heading in the right direction. Um, so I want to throw in a shameless plug for the CWC coaches. Um, be, and this is something you you mentioned earlier about how, um, you know, a, a lot of coaches and or coaching is just question, 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 and trying to lead you to get, come up with the right answer yourself. Sometimes there's just shut up, stop thinking and do what I say, right? I know the answer to this problem. Just do what I tell you to do. And so, and that is something that really drew me to your coaching uh, and all of the CWC coaches, because we're all that way. We don't, we, we do understand the power of you under finding your own solution sometimes, but also we understand the power of, uh, you know, really just, I know the answers who I'm going to tell you so we can, because we only, we, we have a very finite amount of time with you. And, and that I think is a very signature aspect of our coaching versus some of the competitors out there is that, you know, we can really dive into, you know, avoiding the time wastes and just, okay, so this is a simple solution. This is what you need to do. And then focus on the more philosophical things that you really need to dig into your personal self that we can't answer for you. And we can pull at those threads. So um, I, I just wanted to throw that shameless plug in there because I really love uh, that aspect of what we do. Mm, and then it leads. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, we do. Um, and I wanted to um, use that to dive off into, um, you know, you're big into adventure scuba diving, hiking, all that stuff. You're big into philanthropy, um, donating your time, doing, you know, bettering the world in ways. And then you're also big into just taking control, becoming your own CEO, if you will, of your own life, of your own career. And how has all of that impacted your coaching and how you guide the CWC coaches into um, really bringing all these aspects of life into really helping you escape the career trap and live the life you you should be living. Yeah, it's um it's a journey. And I think the more we can share our journeys and the good, the bad, and the ugly in terms of perspectives that we get um along the way, the the better position we are to actually help. And so with my personal coaching with my private clients that I work with, you know, I've been in their seat, so I know what it feels like. But I've also been out of their seat and I know what it looks like. And so I can personally connect. This is, I get it, been there, done that. Here's how you navigate. And here's how you get to where you want to be. And here's the upside when you get there. And then, you know, and here's kind of the junk that's in the middle. Same thing with our coaches when I'm working with you guys. It's like, you know, I've been there. I know that every time a client says, yes, you're unstoppable. And every time a client says, no, you're going to be homeless. I know how that feels. 
And so, but I also know how it feels now to have a thriving organization that's making a big impact in so many ways. And so I think that's really, I think our experiences as coaches um, and, you know, allow us to kind of share that empathy, you know, with our clients, but also share the dream as well. Uh, I love that. And uh, in your coaching programs, you, or we, I guess I should say, we, we aim to inspire courageous leadership. And then um, I know that's been a very significant uh, aspect for you. I was wondering, can, can you share a specific instance that, that made that, that defined to you what courageous leadership is and where, where it just became so important to you? Um, I think that the best moment of courage for me was, you know, from an entrepreneur perspective, being able to say, I am not following the path that everyone else is following. I would say about two thirds of the people that were my colleagues and friends in New York asked me, why are you giving up? You know, you, you've, you've achieved everything that, you know, people aspire to. Why are you giving up? Why are you quitting? Versus, oh my God, I wish I could do that too. And I think when we have that personal courage to say, this is what's important for me. And this is where I need to take my career. Then that gives us the opportunity to really step into the ultimate courage, which is taking a path that is not something everyone else thinks you should take. So and that's kind of what I figured. And that, that's so important on so many levels of always just understanding. I, I think the biggest key, and I think this is where people really screw up, is they get stuck in a trap of what the world tells them. And I know you've heard me talk about this a million times. The listeners have all heard me talk about this a million times, but the world lies to us about what is important to us. It tells us the house, the cars, mm-hmm. the money, all these things are important. All the things. But when you really look in the mirror, look into your soul and say, what is important to me? A lot of times those things, and you and I have had that conversation at length and I'll be like, Tammy, this is not important to me. Uh-huh. Right? Like, I, yes, I, I want money as much as the next person to an extent, but money isn't my driver. That's not what I care about. Yeah. Right. It's just what I need. It's a tool. It's nothing more than that to me. And so once you really dive into that part of your life and sometimes it's painful, man, sometimes it hurts to look in the mirror and and really like, am I being honest with myself? But I think once you do that and, and, you know, and right along with the books kind of theme, once you do that, you're going to take control of everything. And like you say, a million times, you're going to learn to love Monday again. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to finish with this, this final thought of what does it freaking mean to love Monday again? It feels like a foreign concept, right? And that's one of the rules or one of the lies people believe is that people don't really love their job. Um, and that's not true. And so I think what it means to love Monday again is to know that when you're stepping into the work that serves you and the work that energizes you and the things that you're excited about, that, you know, you can enjoy Sunday fun day the whole day and be like, you know what, I'm going to work. It's going to be there on Monday, but I'm excited about what I have to do. And I think knowing that you're making the impact that you want to make and knowing that you are having that fulfillment that you need as a human being in terms of whole life fulfillment, which career is a big part of, 
And really understanding that from, you know, from a Monday morning perspective, that when you're looking at your calendar, which is, this is one thing I never realized I did until I started to see the other side of it, is when I look at my calendar the night before, just to see what my next day is going to look like, I'm thrilled. Like every meeting that's on my calendar, I'm excited about. Whether it's working with the coaches, working with my clients, doing podcasts or guest speaking or having speaking engagements. Like I look at my day, I'm like, I cannot wait to do this. Yet I can because I don't have to work on Sundays, right? And so so that's what I mean by loving Mondays is by giving yourself the permission to say the status quo is BS and good enough is not good enough for me. And just when you take that courage, it's not the absence of fear, it's the ability to move beyond the fear to really get to the areas that you feel are going to give you the most fulfillment, that you know you're going to be able to make the biggest impact. Because when you do that, you show up differently, you start to light up, and then you light up everyone around you. That's what Loving Mondays is about. Yeah, it's so contagious. And then whenever you're around somebody that's just, you can tell they're happy. You can tell they love what they're doing. You can tell they love life and truly love the people around them. That that energy is is contagious and, and really can impact the, the culture of the team. It can impact. And it, it's funny, you know, on our team at CWC, like no one, like everyone shows up and I'm the worst probably about it is because I only expel energy when I need to. I'm very conservative with my energy. So this energy that you feel right now, it's, it's because I'm, I don't force it, but I'm allowing it to flow. And then once we're done, I shut the energy off and I start conserving, you know, saving it for the next Mm -hmm. time I need it because otherwise I'll be drained. And so, um, you know, when I show up to the meeting, sometimes like, Hey guys, like, you okay, Steven? You don't have the normal energy. I'm like, no, I'm good. Just chilling. And, and you know, it, it's funny because everyone else is just so, and it is contagious. And by the end of the meeting, it's like, ah, screw it. And I just start dumping out my energy because it's like, it's just so contagious. And I want to want to play in that playground. I love that. It's so important to love everything you do. And then the the other thing that you said is Sundays. I remember what it's like to have Sunday and your entire day, you don't enjoy it because you're Mm-mm. just dreading tomorrow. That's it. And it sucks. And you start your week with no energy because you spent all your energy yesterday dreading today. Mm-hmm. And what's the point? There's no point in that. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love it. So um, we're coming up on time, Tammy. So real quick, I want you to, the book comes out tomorrow. Yep. Right? It does. Yes. So, it comes so excited. Out. Yep. It's amazing. So tell everybody how they can find it, where they can get it. And uh, yeah, all that. Great. So what you want to do is you want to head over to Amazon where all things happen um, and just look for the book, Escaping the Career Trap. Well, waiting for you there will be the soft or is, is the soft cover, um, the ebook, as well as the audiobook on Audible. So those are all locked and loaded and ready to go. So whatever your vehicle of choice is, is there for you. Um, also lean into escapingthecareertrap.com. When you do that, you'll have access to the transformation guide that's going to help you move your insights into action. Um, it'll give you access um, and more information about our group coaching program. That's a complimentary offer to the book. And you can start to really lean in on the community and all of us coaches at CWC to really take the words that you're reading and make them into the life that you're living. 
I absolutely love it. And of course, I'm going to have links down below um, just to help you find everything. So make sure you go, uh, go get the book. Uh, make sure I'll have a link for Tammy and her bio. So make sure you go find out more about her if you've not, never heard her before. Um, she's got an amazing story. And again, I highly recommend you go back and listen to her original uh, podcast she did with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. On uh, breaking all the rules. Uh, with Tammy Alvarez so um, I'll even have the link for that down below so make sure you go to give her tons and tons of love and once you're done doing all that of course you know the deal go to and you can go to uh, the careerwinnercircle.com website and find me there or you can go to renownedleadership.com and uh, find me there as well click on the talk to a coach now button and it'll take you straight to my calendar and you can come talk to me absolutely free and we will see uh, how we can help you learn to love every monday again um so you know the deal tammy as we wrap this up every guest has to give me their best advice slash wisdom slash encouragement slash inspiration slash motivation on how to lead like champions oh my goodness right so i gotta come over to the new one then different than i did last time i think right so um to lead like a champion you have to think like a champion and you have to act like a champion and others will follow. So that is the knowledge bomb I'm dropping today. That that hurts. (laughs) You got to act. You got to, man, you got, you got, you got to do the work first before you expect people to do it. What? Crazy, right? That's a mind blowing concept. I know. Novel. Lead lead from the front as we say in the army. So yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So, Tammy, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I am so excited for the thank book drop. The Congratulations impact, yeah. from the thank bottom you. of my heart. I'm very thank proud you. of you and the work you've done. Um, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up uh, for this episode this week, guys. Thank you so much. Again, all the links down below. I will see you all next week at the regularly scheduled time. And in the meantime, never forget, lead like a champion. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.